being healthier can also help you when it comes to your pocketbook. If you are drinking less alcohol, if you're going through a drive-through less or not at all, if you're eating out less, if you're intermittent fasting, you are likely going to save yourself money. If you're moving daily, you are likely going to save yourself money. But you say, bet, I bought a gym membership. I bought new gym clothes. I bought this healthier food. Yes, but are you on less medication? Yes, you are. Are you feeling better? Is it maximizing your life and your time on this earth? And what price do you put on that? I don't know if there is one. We are all here to maximize the life we have been given. That is living boldly. This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bette Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids, I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly, the world needs you. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. How is your January going? Are you feeling like you are a little healthier, a little stronger? Are you feeling more energized or none of the above? (laughs) I love calling my friends and being like, okay, are we thriving or surviving today? Which one is it? And some days, don't we all know it? It's both. It's a little of both. Well, last week's episode, I shared with you guys about four things that I am committing to this month. And to be honest, they were pretty, you know, achievable and doable goals. They all challenged me and they all, well, I should say they are all challenging me. And yet I know myself well enough that if I try to act like I'm going to climb Mount Rainier every day of the week in January, we all know that is not going to happen. So yes, we always want to make commitments that challenge us a little bit, right? And that grow us. But we also don't want to do things that we know we can't do and we can't achieve. And therefore, we beat ourselves up when we don't hit the mark, right? When we don't do all the things that we were hoping for. The commitments I made were to not go through drive-through coffee. And if I did go through drive-through coffee, I could only order an Americano, which is effectively an espresso drink with hot water on it. Okay. That's all I could order. No cream in that, no sugar in that, no flavors in that. And I could not order in my eating window or otherwise any coffee drinks outside of an Americano. And it's so cool, you guys. I have been through a drive-thru once and I got an Americano. And it was a day that I was doing a longer fast. And so, you know, it felt like a treat. It felt special. But you guys, that's crazy. I was really getting in a bad habit, like I shared, where I was going regularly in my eating window. I was going to 
coffee drive through and getting some form of a coffee drink. I was. And even though I wasn't getting a big one, even though I wasn't getting sugary filled drink, I was still getting something. And that habit became pretty ingrained in me in November and December. And so I needed to rein it in and rein it in. I have, let me tell you, um, going only once and we are almost two weeks into the year. I feel pretty dang good about that. And you know, it's ironic Many of you are trying to also save money this month, especially if you felt like December was a little bit more spend heavy, right? If you were buying gifts at Christmas time, if you were going out to eat more, if you were hosting more, whatever that might look like. Usually January can be a great month to not only rein in your health, but rein in your spending. And I know that Many of us think that eating healthier and being healthier is more expensive. But, you know, I will challenge that a little bit. Yes, I believe that on a per item basis, you know, better meat is more expensive, better brands, more organic, more grass-fed. Yeah, usually more expensive. But then it balances itself with the fact that, you know what, I'm not going through a drive through for the last almost two weeks. That saved me a lot of money. That is better for my health. That is a choice that is healthier and good for my pocketbook. And I guess what I'm noticing is that that's pretty consistent, that the things that are healthier for me are often also good on my pocketbook. Let me give you some other examples. Another one for this month was that I was going to make a conscious effort to reduce alcohol. Now, I am not technically doing a dry January, but what I'm doing is that I am trying to mostly not have alcohol except for special occasions that I know are coming up. I have a friend's birthday and I have a business trip that starts January 31st. Those are the nights that I am choosing to have alcohol. And I even attended a very festive birthday party last Friday night. And I was really proud of myself. Like I tried to still have fun and have a drink. And so I had either club soda with lime or I had a diet Coke. I decided going into this party that I was feeling so good after a week of being a little healthier, moving more, eating better, and not drinking, that I wanted that feeling to continue. And I didn't want to wake up Saturday morning feeling like crap, right? Staying up late already kind of does that to me. So I thought, okay, for this birthday party, it was a Friday night, I'm going to let myself have two Diet Cokes. That is going to be my splurge. And then at the party, they had food and I didn't overeat, but I let myself also have dessert, which if you know me, I'm much more of a savory person than a sweet person, but it did feel like a treat. So I had two Diet Cokes and a cupcake and it was perfect. But did I have one sip of alcohol? I did not. And did I wake up Saturday morning feeling great? Yes, I did. Now, was it challenging to do that because it was a very festive birthday party? It was. And I wanted to make sure that people knew that I was still having a great time and that alcohol doesn't define that for me. And I hope I did that. Now, did I stay out as late as I probably normally would? No, but I had to pick up my daughter from a birthday party anyways. So that was kind of an automatic curfew for me per se. So I was home and in bed by like 
10.45, which is still kind of late for me. I feel like the older I get, the earlier I want to go to bed, which is scaring me a little bit for teenagers. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I guess I still have a year or less to figure that out. Okay, send me your tips. Send me all the tips. Anyways, I digress. But if you are going into a situation and you're trying to drink less alcohol, you're trying to have a sober January, whatever that might look like for you, some drinks that I love to have are a club soda with lime and a splash of cranberry. I feel like that feels very festive. I love a Diet Coke, like I mentioned, but I can't have too many of those at night or I can't sleep. Spencer just likes drinking a club soda with lime. Some of you are really into these mocktails. My sister-in-law likes to buy this sparkling non-alcoholic wine. She finds that it's a great balance to have kind of while people are having wine. She feels like she's enjoying that drink and not just drinking water. So yes, If you are used to going to a party and enjoying an alcoholic beverage, I know it can be challenging, especially if everyone else in the room is drinking. However, I think that the more you try it, the easier it gets. And I've watched that with Spencer in this past year and a half, well, not year and a half, past year and one month where he hasn't had anything to drink. Taking these breaks can be really good to remind yourself how good it feels to not have alcohol as often, right? Not everyone needs to go alcohol-free. I support anyone who wants to and does, but I do think that a lot of us need these times of reflection and these times of reining it in a little bit on drive through coffee, if you're like me, on alcohol, if you're like me, and really the proof's in the pudding on how good you feel. Yes, it often will reflect on the scale as well, but I guarantee you, you will feel better. And the first few days might feel a little bit challenging, but as time goes on and you practice it more and more, it does get easier. Just ask anyone who's been there or who is doing it today. The other one that I was going to work on is ending my eating window a little bit earlier in the day. And for those of you that are newer to the podcast, Those are terms that often people who are intermittent fasting use. They often say my eating window or my fasting window. Many of us who eat in windows, when we do time-restricted eating or we kind of eat, stop, eat, we use those terms, eating window or our fasting window. And many people, their eating window is later in the day. So they fast until after lunch or they fast until lunch or they fast until dinner Everyone's a little different, but I have always found that I feel better when I have an earlier eating window. The issue has been is that I am back on kind of a later eating window and I haven't liked it as much, but I've had a hard time kind of breaking that. Even though it's been fine, it's just not my preference and it's not where I feel the best. And to be honest, this January, that is one of my commitments that I've struggled with the most. So today is a great example. I did do an earlier eating window. I opened my my window at 10:30 a.m. with a very high protein breakfast burrito and it had meat and jalapenos and eggs and cheese and salsa. I actually did use a flour tortilla. I didn't use a cauliflower one or a gluten-free one. And then I made 
myself a coffee drink and I put almond extract in it. I put a, a tablespoon of heavy whipping cream and some collagen powder. And then I let myself have a little piece of croissant. We have these croissants here from Costco that I buy for the kids every once in a while as a treat. And I let myself have just a little slice of that. And that is what I open my window with. And you know what? I am completely full still. And it's almost four o'clock. My dilemma is when do I close my window? Because a four-hour eating window would have been like 2.30. I'm typically closer to a six-hour eating window most days. So that's going to be 4.30. Well, I highly doubt that I'm going to eat again if I close at 4.30. Like I'm just not hungry right now. And actually, I'm okay with that. Normally within my eating window, I have two meals. But today may just be one meal. And you know what? If I showed you a picture of this breakfast burrito, I think you would see that I had plenty of good high nutrient dense food today and I am going to be great and I'm going to drink my Topo Chico sparkling water and maybe have a decaf coffee later with nothing else in it. I bet I feel great tomorrow morning. So even though I haven't really been doing an earlier eating window most days, I'm okay with it. I'm still trying to do an earlier eating window. Fasting is such a cool tool, right? Because you can adjust it on a day-to-day -day basis based on your schedule and your needs and your body. And so if that's an area that I haven't quite perfected this month yet, I'm actually totally okay with that. And then my last commitment was I was going to try to move daily. And I really want to make clear that moving daily doesn't mean I'm going to a gym class every day. No. Moving daily means that every day I am doing some conscious form of movement. It could be a walk with a friend. It could be working out with the kids. It could be going for a run. It could be going to the gym and taking a class. It could be any of those combinations. So for example, we've done a hike as a family. I've worked out at home. I did a jump rope workout. Highly recommend buying a jump rope if you don't have one, people. Talk about a great addition to your workout routine. You know, my dad was an all-state wrestler. Wrestler, and he swears that jumping rope was the number one thing that helped him with hand-eye coordination and speed. And when he started making me do it more often in high school, I did get faster and my hand-eye coordination did improve. And so for those of you out there that are looking for an affordable addition to your workout options, hey, a jump rope, do it. So I feel like I've done a really good job on moving daily. I've been feeling so good and sleeping well, and I think because of all of these things that I've been doing since January 1st, that I even made it to two 5.30 a.m. workout classes. And I haven't done a 5.30 a.m. workout class in a long time. And that just shows me that I am feeling good. I'm feeling rested. I'm getting good sleep. And I'm waking up easier. And I do think that when you can move first thing in the morning, it greatly improves your chances of moving that day. You know, my sister-in-law and I were talking about it. We're like, if we move first thing in the morning, it's over and done with and we feel great the rest of the day. It gives us more energy. We wake up with kind of vigor. And even though none of us like getting up early sometimes, I do think that she's right. You know, the longer the day plays out, today's a great example. I didn't go this morning. I did that on purpose. I felt like my body needed kind of a little bit of a rest. So I woke up my normal time, not 
at 4.55 a.m. to attend that 5.30 class. I'll probably do a simple workout at home or I'll work out during my kids' basketball practice because as the day goes on and on, the likelihood now of me getting a workout in is getting less and less, right? But I will tell you it's pretty cute. My kids are really enjoying working out with me, so I turn on the music really loud in our little home gym and they all do little workouts. We have a bar for gymnastics and then of course we have lots of different weights and a jump rope and a treadmill. Even my little five-year-old loves it and my two-year-old comes down and we love watching her because she makes us laugh, but I will tell you it's not the easiest to get things done when she's around because (laughs) she wants to do everything she's really not supposed to. But my nine-year-old has been totally impressing me. She can do box jumps. She's been practicing flips on the bar and even my five-year-old has been impressing me on the capabilities she has. And I feel like it's such a sweet time to not only spend time with them, but be an example of moving our bodies and being healthier. I will say, even though the downside is I didn't go to a workout class this morning or didn't get my butt up and run two miles when I woke up, you know what? It opens the opportunity that maybe now I'll get to do something with the kids. But those were my four things. No drive through coffee, reducing alcohol, eating earlier in the day, and moving daily. I want to tell you something else about eating earlier in the day. I know Dr. Peter Atia and others have talked about this, but eating earlier in the day often does help sleep as well and your restfulness. So if you wear some form of a sleep monitor, it often will reflect if you eat late in the day or if you drink alcohol later in the day. And so if you are struggling with feeling not rested or you are struggling with restless sleep, I would tell you to try moving up your eating a little bit in the day, even if you're not a faster, right? Even if you don't like say, hey, I'm an intermittent faster. It may be another reason to look at eating earlier and closing your eating window because I think some people think eating later in the day helps them sleep or drinking later in the day helps them fall asleep. But if you actually track your sleep, it may help you fall asleep but it actually does cause interruptions in your sleep throughout the night, and most people wake up a lot less rested. The other thing that it can affect are your waking blood sugars. So if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that I'm very fascinated with the monitoring of your blood sugars, and I'm not talking about your once a year physical with your doctor. I'm talking about actually pricking your finger and taking your blood sugars in the morning, before you eat, after you eat, and I think it can teach you so much about your metabolic health and about your metabolic flexibility. I'm a little disappointed in Western medicine right now because I feel like it's not talked about enough. I feel like naturopaths need to be talking about it more. Looking at your blood sugars in the morning, looking at it before a meal, after a meal, can tell you so many things about how healthy you are, how metabolically flexible you are. And I've had many health experts on the show who've explained why even if you are not type 2 diabetic, even if you are not pre-diabetic, that monitoring your blood sugars on a regular basis can be powerful. Now, some of you will wear a continual glucose monitor. That's called a CGM. That's when you see people on social media. It's like it almost looks like it's a sticker on their arm. You can do that as well, and that'll show your blood sugars throughout the day. That's not what I do. 
I literally have bought off of Amazon a contour next one and I prick my finger and I just do regular blood sugar readings. So if you are someone who starts monitoring your blood sugars and you regularly have high morning blood sugars, you may want to look at ending your night before, ending your eating window earlier. And often that can correlate to better morning slash waking blood sugar readings. So back to why that was a goal of mine. It wasn't just for weight loss. It wasn't just for feeling better. It was also for sleep and overall metabolic health. That was why that was also a January health commitment. But I'm going to share with you another thing that I have added this month, but kind of on accident. You know, I started the episode sharing about how I'm trying to kind of save money in addition to being healthier this month. And one thing that I love to do, it's a way that I love spending time with people. It's a way that I love kind of getting out of my house and dressing up is I love to eat out. I don't really like to-go food, and I'm not really like a drive through food person. Yes, drive through coffee, but not drive through food. But I love to eat out. I love it. I love to go on date nights. I love to go with friends. I love to go with family. And I have to tell you something pretty crazy, you guys. I have not gone out to a restaurant since 2022. I have not. And I feel so great about that. Not because I don't ever want to go back to a restaurant. I am going, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I'm going out for my friend's birthday on Friday. But talk about a health and dollar benefit, right? The chances of me eating more or eating less healthy is greater when I go out to eat. The chances of me having alcohol are greater. The chances of me having a dessert are likely greater. When I eat at home, I do eat way less. I do. And I tend to not even think about dessert. Maybe I have like two squares of cho- a dark chocolate. I have a dark chocolate that I love. And every once in a while, I have one square, but I'll put some peanut butter on it. Like that's a nice treat for me. Or make, maybe I make a specialty coffee at home. Those are really great options. I can't believe the amount of money that I have saved since January 1st by not eating out and the fact that I can tell that it has helped me on my health journey. So if you are looking for a fifth commitment, maybe you don't want to cut out eating out completely, but maybe you just make a conscious effort to do it less. Now, some of you live in very rural areas, so eating out is not a normal part of your routine, but it seems like many of us who live closer to some restaurants, even though I wouldn't say I live in a big city, by no means, I live in a small town, but I do have access to great restaurants. It's been really nice to just say, I love going out to eat, but for the month of January, I'm going to make a conscious effort to do a little less of that. So I know Spencer and I will probably go on a date night, but I am not letting myself go out to eat to the extent that I normally do. Another time that I chose to not eat out was normally one of the days I go into my office, my coworker and I go out to eat. And it's great. We catch up on things. It's a great time to just kind of get out of the office together, have FaceTime. But I will tell you that I probably eat more by eating out somewhere with her at that lunch than I would normally do if I packed a lunch or if I just fasted through lunch, which sometimes I do that as well. So of course, going out to eat is going to be 
likely a less healthier option than either of those two alternatives. So if you're like me and love to eat out and you're wondering some areas that you can easily rein in, look at reducing that as well. And then you get the added benefit of the savings in your pocketbook. Many people on this podcast share about implementing some form of intermittent fasting. And that is another thing that can really save you money. Intermittent fasting doesn't mean that you don't feast and eat really, really well. I talk about the foods that I eat often, and I swear I eat better today and feast better today than I I ever did throughout all my dieting years. However, why intermittent fasting saves you money is that you're not snacking like you used to. You're not buying all the things you think you need to get through the day. You're literally focusing on wholesome, hearty meals that satisfy you with the right nutrients right macros to kind of get you to the next meal, to get you through your next fast. You know, I used to spend so much money on the latest health gadget or the latest health powder or the latest this, and I still buy some things that would be considered, I think, trendy. You know, I buy collagen powder. Some people think that's great. Some people are like, hey, just eat more meat or drink more bone broth. You'll get it naturally. Okay, I agree. But I do like to add collagen powder to my coffee sometimes. Some people will say that's trendy and that costs money. But in general, I buy less food now. I spend less money due to the fact that I intermittent fast. So yes, on a per item basis, can eating healthier be more expensive? Sure. If you are shopping really good proteins and you're prioritizing that, which as you know, protein power, protein forward is a huge tenet for me on my health journey and my weight loss journey. I really challenge anyone who says they are spending a lot more money by being healthier. That just really hasn't been my story. Now, if it's yours, I actually think what better thing to spend your money on. If you are spending money on your health, like with a gym membership or you have some form of a health coach or you are buying really good food at the grocery store, you know what? Those are really good areas to spend your money on. Outside of your family and your priorities within your home, what other things are as high a priority as your health? Spending money on your health, that again provides you an ROI that is huge. And ROI, we use a lot of work, return of investment. You are spending money that is going to multiply. Multiply in the form of less medication, better sleep, better relationships, maybe longevity. How can you put a price on those things? Living longer to be with those that you love? Yes, none of us can guarantee how long we live, but maybe we can help maximize how we feel in those years, right? Because yes, some people who are very healthy die young. Yes, there are accidental deaths. But at the end of the day, we have been told that our bodies are a temple, right? And we've only been given one body. So no matter what cards are dealt to us, our job is to play them the best that we can to maximize the gifts and the body that we have been given. And I think that many of us are not remembering that our bodies are a temple and that we have been only given this one life, this one body, and we do need to treat it the best that we possibly can. 
And I often can lose sight of that too, right? It's, it's easy to do so. But gosh, January can be such a great month to remember to do just that. So I know in some ways this episode has been a reflection on my original four health commitments, but I hope that it also is kind of building on last week's episode and sharing some more of the whys behind my choices of those four health commitments, but also sharing a little bit more how being healthier can also help you when it comes to your pocketbook. And I really believe that. And I think it's something that if you really challenge yourself on, if you are drinking less alcohol, if you're going through a drive through less or not at all, if you're eating out less, if you're intermittent fasting, you are likely going to save yourself money. If you're moving daily, you are likely going to save yourself money. But you say, bet, I bought a gym membership. I bought new gym clothes. I bought this healthier food. Yes, But are you on less medication? Yes, you are. Are you possibly going to need less surgeries or are you feeling better so it's maximizing the time you can work? Is it maximizing your life and your time on this earth? And what price do you put on that? I don't know if there is one, right? When my dad was sick before he passed away, I I remember just saying that I didn't think we could change his illness. I didn't feel like there was this magical cure out there for him. I really didn't. I hoped for it and prayed for it, but I didn't feel like maybe that was his calling, right? I didn't feel like maybe that was what was playing out for him. And yet what I did pray for and what I did hope for is that he could feel as good as possible for as long as possible while he was still with us. And it was so amazing because on our last visit, days before we got there, he was barely able to even get up and walk around and his energy was super low and he wasn't very hungry and it just wasn't very good. And we got there and our days were wonderful. He was fishing with Lad. They have a little pond on their property. He was up and about. He drove the four-wheeler with us. I mean, we had some what I would call highlight moments. And I'm so grateful for those because in some way I feel like a prayer was answered. It wasn't that I essentially got more days with my dad. But it was that he could maximize some of the time that he had while he was still here. So I think that's what I want for each of us. I want us to maximize the time we have here. And maybe in some small way, some of these health choices that we are making this month do just that. And I am so proud of you for sticking with the commitments that you've made. And if you haven't started, today is a great day to start. It's never too late. But I can tell you, after committing to a few of these things, I feel better and stronger, more energized. And I can tell that the fluffiness that I complained about on last episode is already getting better. And who wouldn't want all of those things? A reminder that we are all here to maximize the time that we have been given. We are all here to maximize the life we have been given. That is living boldly. Live boldly, my friends. See you next time. 
Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, vetlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. Thank you.